I just think it's pathetic. I just think that he could do a much better job of standing strong against these attacks. I mean, if you call somebody like an asshole, you've got to stick with your word. You've got to be strong. Look, I just think that it's time for Bernie to really start apologizing for a lot more stuff. He's got to apologize more. I don't like that he apologized ever. He should just step on a new person's face. No, no, no. It's time for Bernie to start apologizing for absolutely everything. Okay, I heard, you know, like I see stuff on Twitter. Uh, I saw some K-Hive people saying that people with Bernie stickers drive bad. Bernie's got to do a whole apology tour just for that. They're from Ohio. They go to Myrtle Beach. They swerve into everything. They're driving minivans. And this is why they're the number one most hated state in South Carolina. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. You know what? Okay, fine, 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 fine. Um, he can definitely start giving apologies. Uh, this is right before Iowa. They're very nice and polite people in Iowa. And he's got to really focus and find a way to uh, get Iowa on his side. And yeah, apologizing might be the best way for him to do it. Look, if uh, you want you if you want to relate to people in Iowa, I mean, you know, you punch an Iowan in the face and they apologize. Yeah, they have very Canadian vibes up there. <laughs> so, have you ever punched an Iowan in the face? It's just I've, I'm not at liberty to comment. Okay, I can comment. It's tons of fun. Just (laughs) you you remember the knockout game? (laughs) I've been committing a different kind of voter fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, Yeah, but you know, so if Bernie wants to fit in in Iowa, you know, he's got to start apologizing just a lot more. He's got to apologize um, for, for canceling uh, all my shows on Netflix. Santa Clarita Diet. Uh, I just feel like if he had stepped up to the plate uh, and really just wagged his finger at the people that ran Netflix, uh, it would still be on. Daredevil, Jessica Jones. Uh, what's Luke his problem? With, yeah, what's his problem with strong women? He, he shut yeah. those down. Got to fix it, Bernie. Clearly, he's not into people of color either. That's a good-ass point. That's a good-ass point. Um, it's definitely not Netflix that keeps canceling shows starring people of color. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix would never do that. They're woke. Um, yeah. Uh, I, actually, you know, you mentioned finger wagging. Bernie actually needs to apologize for all the finger wagging. We've got a body language expert here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that bit again. Well,. <laughs> Yeah, what what what's the number one uh a problem with Bernie's body language? Uh it's threatening, it's aggressive. I heard the finger is like a, a, a metaphor for like a knife and he's stabbing people spiritually. Um Oh a knife, that's like the that's like the PC on Twitter, on like on like turf Twitter, you know, obviously the finger is a mean penis coming for you. Oh my god. It's been <laughs> oh god. for people who are like liberated from the male identity they they spend a lot of time thinking about me aggressive mean penises um yeah i just want i just worry that there might be something going on there ren is there is there anything you'd like bernie to apologize to you for um yeah i mean i think it's kind of bernie's fault that you know our patreon doesn't have a lot of support you know <laughs> deliberately taking money from the working class here like <laughs> 
Bernie is always asking for money, like every day. All of his pay pigs, they go, oh, I'm, I stubbed my toe today. I gave Bernie fifty dollars. I get like in the old, in the old like, days. Come on, we slave was, away here. Give us fifty dollars. Like, if, if every, what if every time a reply guy jumped in our messages, you know, mentions on Twitter, someone gave us twenty seven dollars the way they do for Bernie. <laughs> every time we got dunked on, they would be like, "I have the the the, the team's back." Twenty seven dollars. Who's gonna match me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, We're the team now. It's very distinct from the squad. Uh, yes, of Definitely course. It's a different thing. It's very unique. Of course. Uh, it's just so bad. Back in the day, you know, bullies would beat you up and take your money. In 2020, you just give it. <laughs> you just give it to the finger-wagging man. Just please uh, don't <laughs> wag your, your, your mean knife penis finger again. Don't, don't shush me. <laughs> um, Bernie, that's patreon.com. Slash not safe. Slide a little bit of that money over my way, buddy. We'll accept that as an apology. You're welcome. Just give us a shout out on Twitter. We'll accept that. Welcome back to Not Safe for Wonks. I'm Kennedy Cooper. Uh, this is Brandon Buchanan. Hi, I'm Ren. W- Ren's here. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who don't remember, Ren does a lot of our editing. He's generally a great guy. Helps with a lot of stuff around here, really. And also, he might be an eight-year-old Bolivian child. I think Maybe. I've grown up a bit since then. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> 12 year old. That's puberty. Yeah. What do 12 year old Bolivians listen to music wise? Um, you know, the same as every other 12 year old, just some angsty shit. My Chemical Romance. That's what every 12 year old listens to. Essentially, yes. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> From the day My Chemical Romance came out, they've just been the band of 12-year-olds. Like, you know, so, some bands, you know, they have fans that get older. Nope. You just like them when you're 12. That's it. Exactly. We are going to get so many angry MCR <laughs> fans attacking us because of your takes. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is comedy, people. Okay. Parody, parody in Minecraft. Listen, okay. This is. I'm just trying to joke about something other than politics for like five seconds. Please don't get all up in my mentions. You should have. You should have stuck with it. You're being a coward. I know. Like the New York Times. (laughs) Like I'm just like the New York Times. I can't decide what I want, (laughs) or maybe I'm just ideologically bankrupt. I've never heard of a co. I've heard of an anyone but nomination. I've never heard of a co-nomination. Um, the whole point of a nomination 
is to help people make a hard choice. Like if it's hard, I can say, well, here's what the New York Times thinks, but they don't think anything. Their 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 nomination like editorial is like, well, there's a hard choice that Democrats have to make this year. Are they going to go for for radical change? Or are they going to, you know, be centrist and, uh, you know, try to keep things as they were in the past? Uh, we are not making that choice, but we like these two people. What the fuck? If you can't make that simple choice, it's the most important ideological battle that's happening. What is, is this a lifestyle brand? Are you picking out like a pair of shoes? Uh, it's so like hilariously... And what made it funnier was, you know, I listened to Tucker Carlson afterwards, and the right wing is laughing at him too. They really won literally no positive feedback from anyone. Tucker Carlson was like, well, the New York Times is a joke. They can't even make a decision. And like, oh, God, I'm agreeing with Tucker Carlson. This is pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. this is kind of like the Jeffrey Epstein killed himself situation. Like... <laughs> I mean, that's a very <laughs> bold metaphor for what is like an irrelevant newspaper nomination. But <laughs> I see where you're getting at. You see where I'm going with this, right? Like, it's like what, the Jeffrey Epstein killed himself that uh, like kind of cultural phenomenon slash the memes around it. It unified uh, everybody. It, yeah, we quickly realized, like, everybody quickly realized that it was, like, this was something that you could kind of, like, talk about with anybody, and everyone was just going to agree he did not kill himself. Um, like, it's not even a take, you know? Uh, even if you like Warren, even if you like Klobuchar, how are you satisfied with half of a nomination? No, you can't be. This is This is a complete, you know, betrayal if you even are in one of these camps. Uh, it waters down the values of both of their presidencies or like, you know, proposed presidencies yeah. for better or worse. You know what I mean? Like, I might not agree with Klobuchar, but like, she still like, it's not good for her brand to be watered down with Warren's ideals. You know what I mean? But she had won the New York Times no nomination. Well, first of all, it wouldn't have meant anything, of course. Uh, their endorsement, it means nothing. But um, you can at least talk about it when you're going to, you know, dipshit Iowa, <laughs> you know, the county fair. And you say, well, the New York Times, they saw that my leadership was the 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 the, the sternest, uh, the most visionary for our hard times. That's something. But they decided you were as good as Warren. You were a choice. So what does that change? You can be like, well, I was a choice. Now I'm still a choice that you can make that. That's nothing. Yeah, it's it's very faux woke. Like they just wanted to pick a woman, but they didn't want to like commit to Warren and and Klobuchar is like they're not on the same level. Like bringing you're bringing Warren down to more of a centrist where like we know she's basically a centrist, but she's like trying so hard not to admit it and then like this uh co-endorsement like really like kind of set her on that level whereas like it it it's tried to raise Klobuchar up where that didn't really work at all. And and they just wanted to endorse a woman, but then they didn't want to endorse someone like Tulsi, who is like, you know, that's essentially like you're endorsing Bernie to them because they like they kind of see like these two outsider candidates and they, they didn't want to endorse them. So they picked like the two absolute worst people to co-endorse, in my opinion. 
Did Tulsi uh, do an interview with them even? I'm oh, not I don't sure. Know. Um, <laughs> it's funny because, like, we, I mean, we talked about this in our interview with Sema Hernandez that might be out after this comes out, actually. But, um, you know, like, we talked a little about, like, the, the sort of constant pressure or, or sort of perception that's in impressed upon the left of like you're the left you only care about identity politics and then this is like the most like stupid id poll thing i've ever seen and it came straight out the center like just pick a woman it doesn't really matter which woman is the new york times take on the 2020 election (laughs) Yeah, it's really funny. I mean, here's the problem. To the right, everything is the left. So the New York Times, I mean, uh, this is another Tucker Carlson note. But, you know, Tucker Carlson was like, oh, they're they're split between the left, Amy Klobuchar. (laughs) So first of all, none of this shit matters. Like, you can, Pete Buttigieg says this over and over again. He is right. Like, it it literally doesn't matter what your positions are, because they're going to call you a commie anyway. So you might as well just run on what you believe. Amy Klobuchar is the left, and Warren is the crazy socialist left. Um, so if you didn't know that Warren was a socialist, you know now. Just like Obama. God. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if, if they can reframe Obama now. Is Obama still a socialist, or is he more of one or less of one now? It's, it's impossible to say. Oh, he's still a socialist for sure. Okay. It definitely seems like the conservative take is still like communist Obama. I saw a conservative meme talking about communist Obama this week, actually. How can they say that when he like denounced Bernie and, and actual leftist movements? Well, Bernie is a super communist. <laughs> <laughs> super communist. Okay. Remember, once Bernie's elected... We're all in a gay relationship with Bernie. We're all going to space. Everything's changing, people. Bernie is a communist with eight exclamation marks. <laughs> Level up. <laughs> um, yeah, so, the, you know, now that we're talking about Bernie, the co-nomination definitely seemed like a very blatant attempt to just, like, be like, don't pick Bernie. Bernie was not in their top four. I find Corey that Cory Booker was in their top four. I find Ow. that inc- incredible that Bernie, who's like the most popular senator in the country, <laughs> wasn't in their top four. It's unbelievable. And then Cory Booker is Cory Booker, who pulled at one. To like three percent for like forever. I mean, look. Yeah, to well, be fair, to be fair, if you're giving a, 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 a an endorsement, it shouldn't matter what the polls are. I mean, you shouldn't base it based on well, what do people like? But it's still funny that the New York Times never picks anyone that could ever win. They always pick some dork that gets dunked on as soon as they're outside of the New York Times editorial board because they have no connection with regular people at all. And in their case, they picked two dorks this time. Double dorks. Literally, I mean, 
Klobuchar is just like the worst. Ren, who's your favorite cast member of this show? Oh God, I feel like that's going to cause an issue. Are you going to double endorse? I think I might have to <laughs> double endorse. <laughs> oh, uh, but but if I say anyone, but not besides you two, you know. That's right. I have the kick button right here. Oh, Rin had to leave us. It's really a shame. Wow, my first and last episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like NYT wants to pick Klobuchar as their like real choice. As like the sort of woke centrist choice, so to speak. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they really wanted to pick Klobuchar. But there was one or two people that thought like we will look so out of touch if we don't pick Warren. Well, no, they just want to bleed off Bernie. Yeah. yeah. Wait, no, you guys didn't see the like, um, the like the 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 list of everyone like who everyone voted for on the editorial board. There was like one vote for Sanders, and then the rest was like Warren split between Warren and Klobuchar. But it was only like eight votes for Warren and seven for Klobuchar. There's only like fifteen, or I mean, like there's only like thirty people on the editorial board. I'm, it's great that there was one vote for Sanders. That, that person needs to get a different job. Like, just get out of there, bud. It's over. Can you imagine? Well, how many of those people who are doing the endorsements are Democrats? Maybe, like, a lot of them are, like, center-right Republicans, but they still have a vote on the endorsement board, and so Klobuchar is, like, their... Would be like us. Would be like a vote for Kasich or something. No, nah, I bet most of them are like registered Dem, but just like vote as right as you can while being quote unquote a Democrat. That's incredible. Which is basically Klobuchar. That's exactly Amy Klobuchar. Good night, everybody. That's the show. Um, wait, no, we're talking about Bernie. More Bernie chat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can't. It's We're just excited right now. Come I on. Love, I love that he didn't give a shit about their endorsement anyway. <laughs> just talks, He came in there, he talked all kinds of shit to their faces, and then jetted oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he definitely went into that with the right attitude. I mean, he could have just done it like a Tulsi Gabbard and just not went. Although, I, I assume she might have went. I saw a list and she was on the list, but I didn't. I haven't seen any clips of it on Twitter, so I don't know. I literally don't know, but I assume she went. But you know, she opted out of the debate and was just like, "Oh no, I'm I'm okay." Bernie could have done that, and it would have had the same result. I think the clips, though, of him just kind of like dunking on them right to their face that went around on Twitter really helped to like seal up the sort of counter narrative against all of this nonsense. You know, a lot of people are starting to see all of this like mainstream media crap as just like a, a bunch of noise. And they're just looking for, you know, what's the other story? And is the other story compelling before they're really going to give any credit to these MSM people. And so I think those clips helped create like a compelling narrative for Bernie of like, yeah, fuck this shit. Uh, Tulsi did not interview with them. Don't know what her reason was or whatever, but she did not do one. 
she's just decided at this point, like, it's like a protest campaign, I think. Yeah, she's not really acting like she wants to win anymore. I can't read into any of her decisions. She's a very unique human being. Maybe we could get her on the show and find some some, some shit out. We probably could. Well, I mean, at this stage, I don't know what kind of media she does. Does she do media? Have you guys seen her do? Anyway, I don't know. I think she just carries a camera around and gives hot takes. We just need to approach her the right way. We should be like, look, you hate the mainstream media. You want to go places where you can like speak your truth. We let people come on here and say fucking whatever. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, have done her a bunch, though. We have low standards. Uh, we're a... <laughs> Thankfully, no one listens to the archive before they come on the show. No one ever has. one. Like, in a year, we'll get somebody who really wants to vet us. But that is a long way away. Actually, what will happen is we'll be vetted by a right-wing organization. That'll be... Because they have the manpower... Like they're paying Ben Shapiro like thirty grand a month, so they'll pay someone to just listen to every episode and write down our hottest takes to like write an article on us and dunk on us or whatever. They're paying Ben Shapiro thirty grand a month, but Charlie Kirk only makes about thirty grand a year. Right wing grifters need to unionize. <laughs> That's a great idea. They, they actually should. Um, that they need to unionize like in a right wing kind of way. I don't know how that would work. We call this a freedom association. <laughs> Pay your freedom dues, please. Oh my gosh. Um, so since Bernie's been kind of on the rise, obviously, like people like us have been very excited. Iowa is just around the corner now, and everybody's kind of, you know, on pins and needles waiting to see what's going to happen. Things look pretty good for Bernie, but obviously the machine is out in full force now, just ready to dunk Bernie into the shadow zone if they can. And luckily, you know, we don't live in 2004 when this would have just worked a hundred percent. There is so much more pushback against this stuff than there was in 04. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of Democrats that are just indignant that their old strategies for getting rid of people don't work anymore because there's so much anger. Like there's so much anger at all of that that is spilled over and they just literally cannot get away with it. Yeah, I mean, we just live in this very different time where, you know, voices that have been traditionally silenced are now, like, getting a place at the table. And now that we have even just a place at the table with progressive politics, these people are kind of losing their mind <laughs> just from, like, that basic step forward. Uh, and they're like, you got to be more civil. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it's like... Please, we fought just so you would let us say anything. Do you think we really care that much? Like the people that are being reached right now, it's not like we're flipping tons of moderates into the progressive lane. We're going out there and we're telling working class people, hey, we got things that could help that we can do. Absolutely. So, you know, when you have a message like that, 
it just doesn't the whole dynamic doesn't work the same but nevertheless and also also those people have tanked their own credibility over the years sure they've shown their own hand to such a degree they're so biased that like and this trump made so much hay off of this because like i don't do you guys actually watch cnn yeah i watch it and it's so ridiculous like yeah it's really bad it's so blatant that it insults the intelligence of anybody that that watches it and i don't even mean that in a like a oh they're fake news but like it's so slanted that it might as well be fake yeah it's very ridiculous and of course the real problem is that a lot of these organizations don't even admit to any kind of bias you know cnn really presents itself as like this is just some very neutral middle of the road news with lots of perspectives and you know like this is just a, a portrait of america kind of like mentality um that's bullshit and like i i would prefer that news organizations be a little bit more like i mean for example the young turks is just very transparently like yes we're for leftist change as a news organization deal with it i you know i, I mean? would also yeah i would also be fine if cnn were like CNN, we're for shit libs. And then you could just turn into CNN and get the shit lib. I mean, that is what it is right now. But like, if they were just openly like, we're centrist, uh, nominally liberal, but we don't actually like want any material change, but we do want to like put rainbow banners on things once in a while. CNN, incremental change at most. Right, exactly. And, you know, it, it sucks that, like, MSNBC is, like, the left-wing network, and they have nothing but right-wing commentary on, like, all the time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so the machine is fully revved up. So, like, a, like we're saying, like, the credibility may be gone, but nevertheless, they're going to go for it. They're going to try to, you know, see if their usual tactics can you know demoralize enough people to sway the needle back towards bullshit or whatever hey before we get into this um kennedy let me ask your thoughts because we have a couple of weeks is obama jumping in like is he gonna run for president oh is he is he gonna endorse warren oh no obama already started his game a while back he's involved in all of this if you ask me to what um, degree do you think obama's involved because, like, yeah, go ahead. Like, so Hillary Clinton is stepping back from the party somewhat. She's not taking the exact same role of power that she used to. I am going to talk about Obama. This will make sense. Um, but, like, if you remember the way that Hillary Clinton used to kind of be this uh, Democrat schemer, kind of like, with a finger in every administration and every like sort of decision, it seemed like, I feel like that's sort of what Obama's aiming for right now in some ways. Like he seems to want to just kind of like hang around Washington, like meet with potential candidates, you know, like give spicy interviews. Like he's just like clearly involved in all of this. It seems like, I don't know. I have a take. Barack Obama is um, exactly what he looks like to the outside. 
um, if you just judge him based on his actions since he left office, I think he literally just wants to preserve his reputation and make money. Um, yeah. I think that if he genuinely cared a lot about uh, having an ideological successor, he would just groom one. He would just make one. Like if he wanted to really control the tone of the party, he could literally have just adopted Kamala Harris as his baby, right? Like Bernie has kind of adopted AOC. He could have just like, hey, Kamala, come on. We're, we're, you're going to be the new Obama. And he could have just gone on tour with her and clapped her on the back. And then when it was time, he could have endorsed her or given her a wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of endorsement or whatever. And she would have been his successor. Obama, is, though, don't you think he is kind of grooming people to an extent? I mean, he met no. with Pete and so and like uh, I can't uh, Cory Booker and like a number of candidates before they ran and like he's met with some of them since then. Like he's definitely, it's not to the extent that you're describing like of like a, just a true, like I'm going to nominate a successor kind of things, but like he's definitely like sort of been picking some people and like promoting them. And he's definitely very anti Bernie. I mean, he said he would do anything he could to stop Bernie's election basically. I think, well, first of all, if you go back, if you're like a real, Ob real Obama heads, no, uh, his, his mentor was Tom Daschle and he was the former Senate majority leader and Tom Daschle like adopted Obama. He showed Obama the ropes. Um, he helped Obama with fundraising and Obama has not, I mean, he's like given endorsements to people, but he has not really like carried somebody on his back as like, you're my, he doesn't have a Padawan. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a, a student. Um, yeah, not to that extent. No, I think I think that the centrist wing of the party is quietly as frustrated with Obama as everyone else is. I think Obama really is what it says on the tin, and he just isn't that much of a fighter for what he wants. So I do I do think he has a distaste for Bernie. Um, just I don't think it's like personal. I just don't think he believes in Bernie's policy or whatever. Um, and he's like a big moderation and compromise guy. And have you heard that saying that a liberal will not take his own side in an argument? Yes. I could be wrong, but I think Obama has that streak in him. No, I see that completely. He wants to, like, he. I bet when he's pressed on it, hey, you could help Kamala or you could help Warren. I think he genuinely says, well, you know, that wouldn't be like a good use of my, uh, uh, my my position and my stature and i i think it's really important that we let the voters decide on this uh and he says some comments and if you listen to obama's comments in full he he did say like we shouldn't go too far left but he also was like but you know it's the people's party and they've got to make these decisions and we should blah, 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 blah. so i genuinely just think he's so prevaricating that he won't put his thumb on the scale on this at all and whoever comes out he'll clap them on the back and give a speech about Trump and then go back home to make more money. I could be wrong, but I feel like that's kind of where he is right now. I don't know. I think that there is kind of like a clear line of sort of uh, deliberate anti-Bernie attack that starts yeah. with Obama saying, 
uh, the world would be better if women ran it. Right. Yeah, that was a um, wink, hey, Elizabeth Warren, everybody, if you want to know what I think. But he's like, and he then say, well, it's not a coincidence that like it goes straight from him saying that into weeks of is Bernie a sexist? Did Bernie do this? Did Bernie do that? Oh, like, okay, so if that's the conspiracy, Obama's a mob boss. Like you're saying that he's yeah. really coordinating the anti-Bernie. Yeah, no, uh, I think he's, no, I think I don't doing think this behind the scenes. All of it. But he he's definitely doing this behind the scenes because he doesn't he wants to like abdicate all responsibility like out front, like he wants to preserve his image. But he's definitely doing something, you know. Well, Kennedy, do you think like Team Obama like Obama is like uh in the control the anti-Bernie control room? No. I think that there is a democratic machination that does not want Bernie. And I'm not sure if there's any one person that you could point to and say, oh, this is the person in charge of it. But I think that Obama has, you know, at some point walked up to those people, whoever they are, that are making some of these decisions, like maybe Tom Perez, and yeah. said, you know, make use of me. I'm a tool. <laughs> I don't think I think they've asked him to do it and he's yeah or vice awful. versa. Yeah, I think they've asked him and he's just been like uh uh I'll do a little bit and boy but I really and he's just given them like a useless I don't basically I don't think if he really wants to stop Bernie he's not doing a good enough job. He's not trying hard enough. Well, none of them are because none of them understand what it is that makes the Bernie campaign tick. Yeah, I mean, if Bernie wins, like, Iowa, there's going to be, especially if he wins Iowa and then New Hampshire, uh, they're, like, by next month, this shit will be over. We'll just be like, well, Bernie and Trump. Yeah. But these people are going to freak out as hard as they can when that happens. And that's what they're doing. I mean, that's already where they're at. They're just melting down. Because I'm here's the thing. We've said this many times on this show already, but... If if you're not beating Bernie by at least five points in the polls, you're not beating him. You're not beating him. <laughs> like when people turn out on election days, they vote for people like Bernie in numbers that beat polls. Bernie beat New Hampshire polls by twenty percent in twenty sixteen. Like we've thrown around the five to ten percent number, but I saw this outlier. I was looking back through some twenty sixteen polls. I saw this outlier and I knew I had to point this one out at some point. 21% he beat the New Hampshire polling averages by. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Is Hillary part of a coordinated plan against Sanders? Or is she just like, just grumpy and just venting to whoever wants to? Because sometimes we, we, we impose, and this is one of my main criticisms of the left wing, we sometimes impose like Marxist class conspiracies on just people being petty or people holding grudges. Um, so Hillary is, is her comments about Bernie, like a conspiracy or part of an organized effort, or is she just grouching? I think mostly she's just like being shitty and jealous. Yeah. That's, that's how it feels like to me. I'm sure there are people who are powerful that agree with her. And she's giving them voice, but all those people have jobs to chase. Like <laughs> they all, I think they all want to be like, if Bernie wins, they, they care about their jobs more than 
preserving the power of the elite and da 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 da. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it's probably no coincidence that this Hulu documentary happens to debut right before primaries. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, you know, I, I tend to be like, I don't want to read too much conspiracy into stuff. But I also feel like if you're just assuming that all of these people aren't scheming at all. I mean, the way a friend of mine put it once is, how can the people in power not be scheming? I'm scheming all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm sure they're working on something. I wish that I, you would think that they had more than this, though. It doesn't feel like a lot. I mean, it, I think that this proves they really don't have anything. If you don't have anything before Iowa, you don't have anything. No, you don't. In terms of um, research or whatever. And of course, Peter Dow has said this over and over again on Twitter, you know, that he's seen the oppo files and that, you know, there's a handful of things in Bernie's file and that none of them are really worth talking about. Um, and that none of them are a big enough scandal to, like, make a difference. Uh, I have said that there are five endorsements in the Democratic primary that matter. Uh, Hillary, I've considered Hillary's one of them. But I also think that she is endorsed in the worst way possible. Uh, like the way for her to, because she's a bad politician, the way for her to endorse would be to endorse for Warren this week. Uh, and for them to have like a big show together in Iowa and say, I won, I won the state of Iowa. And I know you're going to help Elizabeth Warren win the state of Iowa too. And they could have, she could have held an arm around her and talked about how important it was for women to unite and all this other shit. Instead, she did a disendorsement in the shittiest, meanest way to remind people why they don't like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> so true. Like, if she could have done this in a positive way, she could have brought Bill with her, and it could have been just like a, we put a few cracks in the glass ceiling, and all that, you know, her whole speech... And she could have done, Elizabeth Warren is going to break that ceiling, and everybody would have cheered, and we all would have been like, oh, God, she's so shitty. But it would have worked. It would have worked. It would have helped Elizabeth well, Warren. It would have helped her. But if she okay. did it now, then it's like, oh, yeah, that shitty, grouchy woman that was, oh, I hate <laughs> it. Bad. Like, it was just the worst bad instincts. So first of all, legitimately, I believe that um, Elizabeth, or sorry, <laughs> that Hillary Clinton is kind of too petty to do something like that. Warren? Like that, that Hillary Clinton is kind of too petty to do something like that to help Warren. Yeah, because here's the thing. Wow, I, I think that thought. I think that Hillary Clinton is too upset about not being the star of the show. Still, like I don't That's think that's true. That that's crazy. If you're really, if that's really right, that she actually like might not endorse Warren because she's just wants it to be her and she's mad, that would be incredible to me. I swear, I think like I mean, she hasn't endorsed yet. You're running out of time. If you were if going to endorse, and you know she doesn't like Biden, they're infamously not friends. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Warren is the only viable woman candidate and you are really interested in having a woman, and you're very invested in it, this is the best time to do so, right? Like, because if she loses Iowa, like, it's 
Like she might come back in New Hampshire. Actually, right the best time for Hillary to do so would have been right before or right after the last debate. Like she's already blown it, in my opinion. She could do it right after Iowa. At that point, it's not even going to matter. I know, but it'll keep her. It'll keep Warren in the news. Like it'll keep her as a serious candidate. I don't think. I don't think Hillary will endorse. Here's the other thing: Is Hillary's endorsement actually good? Is is what I want to get into next? Because here's the thing: Hillary's anti-endorsement was the best thing that ever happened to Tulsi Gabbard. What does that say? It helped her for like two weeks, and I feel like it bumped and it went down, which is really bad because Bernie might get a Hillary bump. Like we're <laughs> going into Iowa, he might get the uh, the anti-Hillary bump right before the caucus. <laughs> That's really crazy. <laughs> but like seriously, I wonder if Hillary's um, name is just too much I, poison. No, I think, but she has Hillary supporters. Like yeah, there's she's like got a bunch of stands. Yeah. So, but yeah. aren't those people all just Warren stands already? Anyway, is there I, anyone to even convert? I think they are now. But at, there was a time when they were split between Warren and Kamala, and they needed like a like Hillary could have endorsed one of them, and it would have helped like anoint them as the official. You know what I mean? Like Success. the official Hillary yeah. successor. Yeah. This reminds me so much of the Trump primary. If everybody really wanted to stop Trump in 2016, like the Republicans, they could have done it if they had thrown their egos to the side and united. If if the theory about Hillary being jealous of Warren is true, that's so funny because that means like they could stop Bernie if they all united, but they just Obama doesn't care enough and Hillary is too jealous and this and that like that's funny if that's true. Yeah, that's kind of the picture we're painting. And to be honest, like... It'd be true. I ch I challenge someone to really give me, like, a more compelling picture of what we're seeing because we I, I don't see a lot of party unity. What I see around Bernie Sanders is a brand new movement that is, like, you know, lofting him to these heights. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the party working. And the party doesn't seem to be working at all for any of them. Like Biden can't even really keep everybody like Biden in line not, behind yeah. him. Why why doesn't Biden have more uh more support behind him? He has a lot of endorsements, but it doesn't feel like the really heavy hitters in the party are like falling in line behind him. Is it just he's like, okay. The dude who chose him as VP won't endorse him. And yeah, we can have all this conversation again about how Obama's this waffly guy in general. But like, come on. Like, that's bad. Is all right. So I've had this discussion. People in my mentions have been like, Biden cannot win. I feel like Biden five years ago could beat Trump. Um, I am not sure whether he is all there now. Like, is he do y'all feel like he's mentally like all home are the lights all on with biden i feel like if we replace trump with biden we're getting one questionable brain for another kind of you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. think it's a good replacement I, yeah like uh, i all ideology aside and here's the thing everybody yells at biden for being mean to people who question him and things like that i'm fine with that like, I don't mind that the guy, that he's rude. I worry, is he, like, senile? Is he fully there? 
uh, I don't care if the president is rude. <laughs> like, that doesn't matter to me at all. I was actually reading, I watched the last debate, but then I, it, it didn't sink in quite as much when I was watching it because everybody's, you know, doing their best to give these answers. They all sound a little jumbled at times. But it was actually when I was reading back through the transcripts, the amount of just like kind of nonsensical stuff that he was saying, like people always raise these questions about Trump. And I always say that, like, I'm not convinced as somebody who like went through the like end of life and like, right, you know, care of a, of my grandma who had Parkinson's and dementia. Like, I'm never convinced. Reading the Joe Biden transcript stuff from the debate looked like some dementia to me. I am like, a li- like, I don't want to, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but he, like, the, the heat is off the fastball. If you think of, like, Nolan Ryan when he got older, you know, the fastball started slowing down a little bit. The fastball is slowing down for Biden. Uh, now, here's the thing. Now, if, if, all of this shit turns out to not mean anything and he beats Bernie. Uh like it's like whatever. I, I hope he beats Trump. I don't think I won't be enthusiastic about it at all. But uh like I hope he's his mind is together and fully stapled, you know. Yeah, I definitely don't want to armchair diagnose Joe Biden with dementia right. or anything. But I don't like, want no, to, I'm but not like, trying to say no, 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 definitely not. I, right, I but like, I Speculate. I, I can. But you speculate definitely that like something's maybe not right, and like you read stuff yeah. from like all of the debates, not even just the last one, but like all of them, and like all these interviews that he's giving, like it's just a bunch of nonsense. Like you can't pull anything coherent out of it. And I agree with you that it's like not the same case with Trump. Like definitely, he's just acting stupid. Like it's not this. Like Joe Biden is definitely like a little bit gone, you know? Yeah. I've said it many times, but like Trump speaks in a a deliberate coded manner that you can actually dissect. And like, there's like intentional dog whistle language and stuff like inserted into it. You can't like do that level of like theatrical, like coding of your language. If you're just all the way gone. Um, (laughs) But that's like kind of neither here nor there to some extent. But I'm just saying like Biden doesn't have something like that going on where like there's some kind of like clear and deliberate pattern to the way that he speaks that makes it so strange. There's there's just like these weird rambling stories from like crazy grandpa. Exactly. He is on some real grandpa Simpson shit. Yeah. Just like back in my day, my hairy legs corn pop (laughs) you know it's weird as shit it's really weird as shit um so okay let's talk about this is biden here's the thing you can disqualify everybody who's running right like you can be like well kamala she's a cop disqualified warren wearing red face her entire professional career disqualified uh pete uh south bend indiana police chief scandals disqualified you can just do it for everyone going down the list so uh is is biden's advocacy for a grand bargain on the budget and social security is that like a legit deal breaker uh can he just promise to not do it anymore and it's fine it really seems like the people that are in behind joe biden like, I don't know that there's anything that you could show them 
that makes a huge difference. However, we also know that like that's a really small number of people, even in terms of the people that have been polling for him. Um, he has never polled extremely high in regards to like voter loyalty. Right. Um, Go ahead. So how many how much percent do you really need to sway right now for it to matter? This is such a heavily contested primary uh, that, you know, if everybody's taking home around 10 percent of the vote, then the guy who gets 11 wins. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think Biden has a very high number, like relatively, but it's paper, like it's paper loyalty. And I think that the, the, his core appeal is, well, he's a winner. We just need somebody to beat Trump. I don't really care about ideology at all. So if Sanders starts winning, uh, I like if he wins Iowa, then he wins New Hampshire, then he wins Nevada. There's just going to be a, a a stampede away from Biden to the guy who all month this guy wins, this guy wins, this guy wins. That's going to be so psychologically powerful to people uh, that they're just going to bandwagon. I think there's going to be a tremendous bandwagon. Uh, like maybe even like for Biden, I think there'll be a bandwagon maybe for like a Warren or a Pete, like whoever wins those first couple will be seen as a winner and it will make people move. Yeah. And it won't be the same as 2016 where like if Sanders, you know, shows good in the early States, then a whole machine revs up to make sure that super Tuesday can't be his like, there's not the same force behind any candidate right every individual candidate has their own like individual shit going on right now and no one is united enough and sanders is the only one whose machine is just like completely built around getting him elected and nothing else everybody else could waffle around you know what i mean Hillary Clinton was the Robert Baratheon of the Democratic Party machine. Oh my God! Like you know, she was, <laughs> you know, she had her vices and all that, but she was a force of stability. And now she's out of the picture, and now it's just warring fiefdoms with their own little like submachines or whatever. And it's not exactly the same. Um, is this social security thing going to scare people from Biden? I think like democrats are this is so mean but they're so whipped they've been bullied into submission by republicans that i i'm i think if anything moves people it'll be the social security but i'm not sure i think some people will be like well he's just talking man he's just doing what he's got to do it might matter because a lot of his voters are older you know black people and y'all know y'all are on social security that's like 90 percent of your income is social security you don't have a job and just a lot of old working class people in general you know i know a lot of older working class people that like you say social security is 70 80 90 percent 100 percent of their income yep uh i don't know whether they'll like even if they're confronted with the facts about that they might say well that was just the way things were back then. Cause so many people are just so like younger people have modern standards for like what they want out of their politicians. Rin listening to this conversation w- would be like horrified. Like, wait, he wanted to cut your security four times and you needed to live. What are you talking about? But no, people, Democrats are just used to taking it. They're just very used yeah. to taking it. 
Ren, do you know any old people that are kind of on the left? Um, no, my family is leans Republican. Okay, yeah, they're not used to taking it. They're used to giving it. Yeah. <laughs> Kennedy, do you know any older Democrats that are from the used to taking it generation? Yeah, I do, definitely. Um, especially I have some family members that are in that like, we made it to the middle class. Never mind that we'll never pay off our student loans kind of mentality. Uh, do you think, is Joe Biden corrupt? That's a tough question. I mean. I think it's an e e epistemological question. It's like a, it's like a philosophical question. Yeah. I was going to say like, you almost have to ask. What exactly what it is corruption yeah. means. Yeah. Um, because I think it's kind of easy to say, sure, he's corrupt. But also, like, I don't know. Is it corrupt if you're doing something that everyone else does? And it, like, ambassadorships. Every president ever, up until, like, now, including Trump. So, up until potentially 2020. Uh, all of them appoint their friends as like ambassador to the Bahamas. Is that corrupt? If you know that that's the history and everybody does it. I mean, kind of. Well, but like, even taking it past the political context, people do this in every setting, basically. Like, if you like, let's say that you get a phone call tomorrow, right? Right. Um, and, the you know, you pick up the phone um and you know your distant you know second uncle you know jackabowitz you know died and right like he left you some kind of business like a shoemaking factory or some shit and like suddenly you own this shoemaking factory and like you've got a bunch of friends that need jobs and the shoemaking factory has like tons of positions that need filled like what do people do in that situation, realistically? Yeah. Is it corrupt to give your friend a job without an interview? Well, I think that's, like, radically different. I think giving your friend a job in a shoemaking factory is different than, like, giving them control of the Bahamas. Is it? Yes. What if, what if, if I win an election and they say I'm in control of the Bahamas? I mean, I, I've got the authority to delegate whoever I want, and nothing. In, and here's the the other thing about it: nothing important is going to happen to the Bahamas, right? There's no foreign policy crisis that will happen in the Bahamas. If I send Ren to the Bahamas, it doesn't make a difference whether I send Ren or Richard Holbrook, right? <laughs> like it's not, you're just going to go there and chill, like. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of posts in government that are pretty much just like. You know, maybe one day you get a phone call saying something happens. Until that day, just wait for a phone call, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, a lot of jobs in the federal government just aren't that important. <laughs> but, yeah, like, if, if you give your friend a job, I mean, like, yes, this is scaled up onto a scale where these decisions are more important, but it's still, like, the same kind of mentality in okay. my opinion of a just higher, like... a higher level uh all right let's say you have a kid and the kid gets hired for a job that they are in no way qualified for 
It's not real work. They're just getting paid. Uh, and that's just, you can have a meeting with the dad and say, hey, uh, your kid works for me. He's a good kid. La, 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 la. He's really making it out here. Is it, this is like, is it cringe? Is it corrupt? Like it, it's obviously corrupt, right? It's just, is it corrupt beyond, beyond acceptable levels? It just sounds like capitalism. I mean, are you asking if, if doing nepotism is corrupt? Yeah. Is nepotism corruption? Yes. Okay. What degree does, does it become corruption that we should like call it corruption and remove people who do it from public office? I mean, if you're giving your family members who are obviously not qualified to do jobs, those jobs. Other people are doing it. We're just watching. We're just like, hey, wow, good job. And you're having lunch with them. With let me just, employers. Let me just put it this way, okay? I, think I mean, Bernie will never have this problem because he doesn't love anyone aside from his wife. <laughs> so, like, he doesn't have any kids. You know, you, have, you come in here and you're like Bernie's nephew or something. Oh, I got a job at fuck off, kid. I'm trying to do some work. No, but here's the thing, right? Okay. I think it's fine to call Joe Biden corrupt, but you can't do it unless you're also critiquing capitalism. If you're just saying Joe Biden is corrupt, but that like all of these systems are fine, then like you're not saying anything because Joe Biden is just a typical product of all of these systems. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's nothing unusual about anything that Joe Biden is doing. None of this rings like, whoa, that's crazy. Alarm bells. This is just like, yep, that's rich guy shit. Now, yeah, yeah that's something Zephyr Teachout does not have a problem with, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is true. Like you can't you can't say Hunter Biden corruption and ignore the entire history of capitalism. That's true. You really um, can't if you're trying to say anything meaningful. But, On the subject of Bernie not loving anyone, you know, it, it could be hard to work your way up to Bernie, but uh, I heard that Tom Steyer would do anything <laughs> to get the notice of Bernie Senpai. What is happening with this guy? No, first of all, uh, people are surprised that Tom Steyer is left wing. Uh, have you listened? Uh, nobody has ever listened to him speak. They just know he has a lot of money and just they just start booing whenever he talks. Like if you've ever listened to him talk about any issue, I mean, he's like cl probably a little bit closer to Bernie than Elizabeth Warren is. Uh, I don't think honestly so. like a little not too much, but like a little bit. Um it's weird that like people at like CNN, I don't think knows his positions when he did debates, they would ask, they would get a hot take from Bernie and be like, well, Tom Stair, you are a billionaire. What do you think? And he'd be like, well, I agree with Bernie. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> over and over again, he was set up the to set, like Bernie. They'll, they'll do yeah. it like the same way, like with Klobuchar, you know, and Klobuchar will be like, well, you have to be realistic out here in the Midwest. We plant corn in the ground and we know it's not coming out right. until it's ready. And that's how <laughs> some of these policies are, you know, some, some crazy bullshit. And and, you know, whatever. And then so they're trying to set up Tom Steyer for the same kind of shit. And he's just like, I'm a billionaire and American capitalism is great. And let me tell you why. And that never happens. And it's like, nope. Tom Steyer's like, yeah, Bernie's right. The climate is, you know, really important. And, and capitalism is kind of, you know, interfering with our ability to combat the climate or, you know, shit like that. You're just right. like, what?
<laughs> I'll be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little upset when we have to guillotine Tom Stair. <laughs> we don't have to guillotine anybody. I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's a certain tax increase process, and um, everybody's got to pay their increases when the people decide they've got to go up. Uh, so as long as Tom is not uh, willing to evade income taxes, then uh, he, yeah, okay, it's fine. I mean, he'll live. He'll live as long as he can pay his taxes. <laughs> he's gonna, you know, honestly, though, like we do need some people like Tom Steyer to step forward and say, "Yes, I'm ready to pay my fair share," and yes, that's a huge chunk. Like that's not like some paltry, you know, eighteen percent tax or some shit like that it's gonna be like back to back to the old school right you know uh, like I am, I am opposed to tom for like just principle like you know, know, I mean, i'm not go- trying to just justify him completely right he's no he right do way better things with his money than what he's doing right now which he, is buying his way into the presidency right he needs to uh drop out immediately uh he he well, I don't think he should endorse Sanders. I don't think Sanders will take his endorsement. I would be surprised if Bernie like did an event with him and like clapped him on the back. I feel like it's so against his brand that it would be awkward. He definitely couldn't. Like you can't you can't accept an endorsement from a billionaire who is also running against you. Well, Tom I mean, Steyer needs to do this, okay? Or what? He needs to drop out first. Right. Then he needs to give away eighty to ninety percent of his wealth. Two Bernie supporters. <laughs> <laughs> then, then endorse Bernie Sanders, and then Bernie will be like, "Yeah, okay, we could do something with this." Yeah, I, I, I literally think the thing that he should actually do is he should drop out. Uh, he should like endorse Bernie, but in a like very soft way because that doesn't uh make people ask Bernie to reject his endorsement. But just write a letter. Uh, and talk about his values in a way that it's clear he's endorsing Bernie, but he doesn't say the words, I endorse Sanders. Uh, and then right. he could uh, go and uh, start a pack or start a newspaper or make a climate group. I know he has one, Next Gen. He should, he should just continue doing whatever he was doing and just bankroll people who are actually doing real work and stop wasting money on these fucking ads that are like killing everybody's free time. He should bankroll this podcast. Yeah. like. Tom Steyer, like, please hire us. Yeah, Tom Steyer, give us ten grand a month. Like, what the fuck, man? Come on, you've got the money. Like, we're left wing. We're doing the stuff. We're saying this is a joke, but yeah, give it. Just give. I'm us- not joking. Tom Steyer, <laughs> give us ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Like, it's not an issue for you. Make this brother. podcast fucking run. If Tom co- Steyer, we are at Patreon.com/slash/NotSafe. If you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, like if if Charlie Kirk can uh, get, uh, who's our other guy? Ben Shapiro can get thirty G's a month. Uh, yeah, just make you make you a couple of Ben Shapiros. Find some people that need to be elevated, and elevate them, and stop uh, being an egomaniac and running for president. Uh, because nothing that you brought to the table here was, uh, I, w- I mean, he did. He was pro reparations. We did talk about that. We touched on it re- basically for like. 30 seconds and we were like wow that's rad yeah i wish that he had talked about it more since he's like if we hadn't like gone to look him up we would never have known that he supported that and he could have done some good by talking about that publicly uh honestly tom steyer can come on the show 
yeah, he can come on the show. We'll take a lot of people on the show. That doesn't mean that doesn't say a lot. Yeah, but, it's uh, not an endorsement. Yeah, uh, but yeah, pretty, I think we're pretty clear about like which candidates we're all in on. It's got to be Bernie. General. It's got to be Bernie. And yeah, for the presidency, it's got to be Bernie. Ren, Ren what, what do you say? Obviously, Bernie. Joe Biden's in Iowa. Do you want to add anything there, or you want to wrap it up? Let's wrap this up. We're just a bunch of nobodies who like Bernie. That sounds good. True. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, as always. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.